Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator, and I'm Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelous, the Marvel Universe podcast. He's Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. <laughs> Wrong again. He's two for two. But before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's yeah. episode, I'm really proud of all of this. I know. Before we get into that usual rigmarole and introducing our special guest co-host for today. Repeat. Well, we... But before we get into that... Oh, sorry. <laughs> But before all of that good stuff, and before we introduce our special guest co-host, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, the social medias. Well, you do it. Go ahead. First up, go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at... The Marvelists. Give us a like-ski, a follow-ski, a jet-ski, a whatever-ski. Ski-doo. Exactly. A, a Noam Chomsky or something. I wouldn't want him, but, you know, if we have to take him, we'll take the little fella. I don't know. You want him? I don't... I, I, don't. I don't even know him. You need, you don't, I don't even know him. We didn't... We didn't even meet. Okay. You can also find us individually on social media. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Melnick. And the only place on the whole wide interwebs that you can find Mr. E. Wilson or Eddie W., you can find him on Instagram at... Eddie9193, if not, on the app, 95.9 VOSFM. Where you can listen to him every Monday through Friday. Yes. From when in the morning to when? Six. To nine. Eastern Standard Time. Correct, yes. And we have an app for that. And it's available for all iOS and Android devices, much like the apps that you can listen to this show. SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, etc., etc. We're available for them. And when you're on iTunes, if you have an iOS device or a Mac in general, be sure to go on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. Five star if you're ever so inclined. Yes, but available but, but not taken. There's a difference. Exactly. Taken is... All right, let's go. An awful movie franchise. Oh, well, first one was pretty intense. He's a intense. terrible parent. <laughs> oh, come on. It happened. But again, then it happened again, again, again. and again. Yeah, so the, yeah, should have been first time, I don't know. Fool, fool me seven times. Mhm. Assume me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's get on with it. You can also there's one other there's no, I think that's it, right? That's it. Yeah. Intro finish. To quote Phil Collins, that's all. Genesis even. Yeah. 1983. That mm-hmm. too. Our special guest co-host is a I believe he's a two-time or no, three-timer now. Wow. Mr. Jeremy Bagley. Jeremy, how you doing today, boss? Fellas, happy new year. Uh I hope everyone is still living up to their new year's resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh mine is that I'm no longer wearing purple because the days of fuchsia pass. Whoa. <laughs> I think he's been working on that one. I like that though. I enjoyed that. That was that was very good, yes. So guys, a lot has happened in the past couple of days. Ever since the episode dropped, the episode dropped today as of this recording on January 14th. We're talking about a new trailer on that one, but it turns out another new trailer came out. We got more of it. We got more. Of it? Bias. More be it? More B-I-S. Stop that. More B-I-S. All right, that all kinds of kind of goes together. And that trailer was certainly a trailer. It was dark. I had problems seeing it because it was so It dark. was night. 
it was, I don't know where it was. Where's this? Do we know? The air uh, was moist. Setting where this might be, where this movie is to, is to be happening. I have some conspiracy theories about that, but let's just talk about the general part of the movie first. Name the place. All right. Because there is a reason why. I, you, it's you, Good you asked that. Name the system. That's a Star Wars thing. It might Sorry. be. Jeremy, what do you think? Uh, I think that it has some promise. You know, I think when they first announced that there was going to be a Morbius movie with Jared Leto, everyone was like, oh, great. Hunka hunka. Um, yeah. Um, where's my DVD of Dallas Buyers Club? I'll just go watch that. <laughs> but, Whoa, uh, he did win an Oscar uh, for that. It did, and and he did. So, Batten, you know, what is it now? A dollar twenty-five will get you a call home. So, uh, I liked it. I thought uh, it, they wrapped the whole thing up nice. It kind of has fouled Venom with that kind of, all right, you know, maybe we can kind of trust Sony now to kind of give us reliable and good Marvel movies. And uh, I actually, having, you know, watched it three or four dozen times to get prepared for right now, I, uh, I'm i excited about it. That's some prep. Wow. Very nice. Thank you. I watched it three times. That's, I tried <laughs> to watch it three times. I got through about one. And that wasn't my fault. <laughs> I did nothing wrong. Well, what happened with my opinion of this movie? I thought the trailer looks okay so far. We're not really seeing much. It's kind of like the first trailer for The New Mutants that came out in 2017 or 2035 or whatever year it was. 17, 18, 19. Yeah, now they're going to get it to 20. So here yeah, we go. You never know. April 3rd's coming. Um, so you think there could very well be, because um, maybe it's a thing now, putting out multiple trailers for all movies that we see? Are they always At least in this, in this genre. Okay, yeah. Well, they always do that. Just want to get it out there. Or reinforce what I may have known peripherally. But <laughs> now it's concrete. Boom. You looking for this? Sure. <laughs> but, but just the thing about this that I find to be very interesting is the trailer looks okay at best, but I'm intrigued about what this could lead to. And I'll circle over to you mentioning where does this movie take place? Well, I think it has to do with Spider-Verse 2 in 2022. Mm-hmm. Now, Wait a minute, what, the, what the hell is he talking where's about? Where's that why? coming from? Yeah, right. why is he coming with that? Is there a 2022 thing and into this multiverse or that, whatever, that's that Spider-Verse? Sp that's when Spider-Verse 2 comes out. Ah, okay. In theaters and IMAX, rated whatever it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. But what I've been noticing is we saw in this trailer Spider-Man show up. Spider-Man's in the trailer, and it's a random image that's you know splattered on the wall, and it says murderer. Now, if you'll notice, though, it says murderer over an image of Spider-Man, but it's the Maguire attire. Now, at the very end of this trailer, mm -hmm. someone shows up, and that's Michael Keaton, a.k.a. Mr. Mom, a.k.a. Sinister Jack Frost. And when that happens, it means that he's possibly the vulture in this universe because they're trying to tie in all these different universes together, and I think what they're trying to do is a multiverse in live action, and it can lead into... Spider-Verse 2, where we end up maybe seeing the return of Toby, the return of Tom Holland, well, you know what I mean, the return of Andrew Garfield and mm -hmm. Tom Holland together, as well as the Miles Morales character, as well as the Peter B. Parker character. Well, that's setting things pretty yeah. high, yeah, I think, is. and uh, that would be, wow, yeah, total, total geeked out stuff. What my theory is is this. There are different multiverses, obviously, just like in Crisis on Infinite Earths just like in Spider-Verse. And my belief is 
this is going to be a universe where, to- where good old tugboat Toby Maguire is Spidey. Mm-hmm. And Vulture is there as well, and he's played by Michael Keaton. And we have the Alex Jonesian type of J. Jonah Jameson sitting there. We have all of this. It's this one massive universe where in this version it's this, in this version it's this, in this version and this. And it goes You said the same all. thing three times. I don't know why. Another thing, <laughs> another thing that I've been noticing with this, with this rewatch, the music in the background, where it's very... That, you've noticed that, right? I didn't watch it multiple times yet. <laughs> but, Jeremy, you saw that during your 45 times, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, that song is actually a um, kind of a bit of a remix of a Beethoven song right. um, called uh, For Elise. Uh, which is the common version of what's called bagatelle in A minor, and it's that do 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 yeah 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 that we hear all the time. But the great part of that about that song that may be a little bit of a hidden message here is that Beethoven wrote it for a student of his who was he was in love with, and he made the first verse of that really simple and very easy for even a novice piano player to to be able to pick up. And when she decided that she didn't want to marry him and she took off, he made the second verse of it really horribly hard so that she could never play it. And so this song named for her was something that she'd never be able to be played. So I think there's a couple of different little, um, you know, uh, positions that you could take there and see how it's a a metaphor for maybe what this universe is, a mix of, of two different things, but also perhaps what the relationship between, um, Morbius and, and the female lead end up being. Well, when you mentioned the, the song title, I said, that sounds familiar. Then when you started doing, you know, singing yeah, the heard. song, I knew, and you said it's it's heard all the time, but it's heard all the time at Christmas time. And I know it's right. also, among other places, on uh, uh, the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas in that TV show and the and the CD, which I which I possess. And Vince it's like, Girardi. yeah, Vince Guaraldi Trio. Him too. Yeah, exactly. But what I was getting at with that whole the beginning part, the da 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 da, what movie series with Marvel have Toby. we heard? The, yeah, yeah. I think that's the big connector for this. Mm-hmm. It's my it's my crazy crackpot theory, my J. Jonah Jameson esque kind of theory. But I think it's it. I think this is a universe where they borrowed that element. This is going to be a movie that takes place in the Maguire verse, the Raimi verse. And quickly going back to Keaton Vulture, that's the only one we know. That right. actor in that character, so we're going there because there was a it was a thread at the end of that movie with with him him being in prison and encountering another bad guy. And the other thing no. that you know they show that shot of Spider Man where it's like spray painted murderer. It's kind of funny because that's not a picture of Spider Man's outfit. It's not a photograph. It's not you know concept art for the movies. That's from the Spider Man game from PS4. Uh, with one of the advertising images hyping up Spider-Man with the Maguire attire. Okay. So, I'm just trying to think where they're attributing the title with Spider-Man. All I can kind of think is correlating to the comic books, the death of Captain Stacy. Right. And the whole lizard thing. and in well, the, as, far the, as, as far as that movie timeline thing, but, but the comic book line, yeah, would go but, along with that. Mm-hmm. But again, this is the universe where... Yeah. Mysterio's dead. So the Mysterio thing ripples throughout all the different multiverses. Mm-hmm. And it happens to each different version. So we might see... I'm thinking Venom is going to be a Andrew Garfield one. 
Making that bold prediction right now. Andrew Garfield is going to be Venom. Calling it now as He's you would. He's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, then we end up bringing this in, and then they eventually all culminate in Spider-Verse. Okay. And as far as uh, just jumping back to before I totally forget this train of thought, where, where the Morbius trailer setting movie will take place, uh, we'll find out, of course, but maybe it'll eventually lead to Blade. I don't see that. They, they're not involving bringing back. They're no? not involving him in this. Wasn't That's there talk a while ago about 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 getting him back in? He is, but it's in, just, in a way. Rumor and innuendo right now is going to be he might be showing up in Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. He might be involved in Moon Knight, which is going to be starting filming this summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You never know. But the other thing about this movie, guys, I'm kind of excited about it in one way. It's going to be Jared Leto's redemption for the absolute stink fest that was the suicidal squid. I mean, the Suicide Squad. Because no, you don't. You mean you meant it the oh, first time? Are you but sure? in case you needed the translation, yeah. But yeah, it's. it's Am I not... right, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Although that movie did have the real enchantress in it, so not that fake one from Marvel. <laughs> How dare you? Well, sir. they get the same. They, you know, they 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 shared the name. I mean, you know, just which one are you talking about? But are you guys? Do you could you guys see that being? He's gonna bust his ass for this movie and do such a great job, at least you know to the best of his ability for this to make up for Suicide Squad. Because he got thrown under the bus badly mm. for that movie and and a paycheck. He got a paycheck, but his vision of what it was, all the hard work he went for, amounted for nothing. Mm. And he's to the point where when Joker came out in theaters, Alamo Drafthouse did a 17-minute uh, pre-show the history of the Joker and they highlighted all of the different Jokers and then they go oh yeah and here's him so they even showed like a like a local department store Joker they showed Lego Joker before him they showed everyone other than Jared Leto and they go oh yeah here you go well okay then mm-hmm. I was going to say chronological history sort of kind of but maybe not but do you think this is going to be his redemption for this you think he'll do a good job I don't job? know I mean he could I, I assume that he could even come out in interviews Jared and say yes this is my you know making good for I hope he so. might he might not it but might I, be just written up that way I don't know I think if he says something like that in public it's jinxing the performance I also don't think that Jared I think Jared Leto at the heart of who he is is an artist and I don't think that he would throw other artists under the bus yeah, right. You know, like that. Like I, it, it may get implied, or he may just let it stand on his own. But I mean, I don't know the guy personally, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking. But um, I, I just don't. I, he doesn't come off as the kind of type of person that would chuck another artist under the bus just to kind of make himself look good. The guy's already had a pretty good career. He still looks like he's twenty-eight years old, even though he's fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, he's. Guys, Got other 50? things going on in his life other than redemption from a, a you know a pseudo Dracula movie. Yeah, I, to me it just seems kind of harsh to say uh, he's making redemption. I mean, he's just it's it's not the way I would phrase it, I guess. But um, his role as the Joker was highly panned, and it yeah. is considered one of the worst performances. So I think he wants to do this as a hey, I'm not making up for this, but I'm I'm really going to show these people. Oh, you thought I was this? Here, let me bust mm-hmm. my ass and show you this. Is he showing his diversity, perhaps? I... And you might be right, too, because jumping into this role is, is good. It's, you know, other than a cut scene from the first Blade movie, 
this character's never been on film before. So here's an opportunity to kind of build up something that doesn't have as much expectation behind it, doesn't have uh, a virtual A-list of, of uh, people who've either voiced it or played it on TV or played it in the movies. You know, potentially this is going to be the uh, character that's going to have its second Oscar winner from it. Mm. So you're right. Uh, maybe there is a little bit of hidden redemption there. Whether it gets verbalized, I don't know. But I think that you might be right that this is an opportunity to take a character that a lot of people don't think a lot of, doesn't already have a rich cinematic history, and has an opportunity where he can kind of stamp this and make it his own. I think that might be more of the route that he goes with. Yeah, I think even, you know, we talked in just, I think, the previous episode about the trailer coming and the question, does anybody care? And, we, you know, we talked a little bit about that, but I, I think I had said that, you know, it could be one of these characters that nobody heard of, and similar in a way to Guardians, only multiple characters there may take off. So we'll just have to, you know... Guardian, keep... Guardians took off, though, because of the quality of the acting, the quality of the script, the quality of the direction, the quality of the music. And we don't know all that stuff yet. We only know, we only know from a trailer. We're just going to have a bitchin' soundtrack with, like, Ario Speedwagon so... with Morbius. <laughs> Time for me to fly. That's an Ario Speedwagon. We can put, throw that in there, I suppose. John, that's when you put that in. Kevin Cronin, Ario, we love you. We love you. Now, on top of that also... This week it has been announced that the Avengers game for PS4, Stadia, Xbox One, PC, etc., etc., has been delayed for a few months. That's Sorry. a big deal. That's a really Well, big I don't deal. know a thing about it, so. And adding of, effects, not just letting John do it. I want to do a little bit here. A lot of people are upset about it because what does this mean? This could be the equivalent of a band-aid going on an amputation. Mm. This could be hey, let's make sure this is perfect. Let's get this game okay. out there. When was it supposed to come out? Uh, it's supposed to come out this spring. And, and now just delayed, we don't know when. I think it's going to be delayed to the summer or early fall. I haven't checked. Original uh, release date was supposed to be May 15th. Uh, now it's September 4th, just tentative. Yeah, that's, there you go. that's fine with that then, to be honest. Who needs I, Wikipedia? We have Jeremy. Well, in fairness, I'm staring right at a computer screen. It's <laughs> okay. I'm staring at Eddie. He's my wicked. Don't spoil the image. <laughs> the visual. What I meant to say is, this is the reason you brought me on, is because I'm a subject matter expert. Ah, he's Man. an SME. Wait, is that is that a subject matter you? expert? You know. Okay. Oh no, I uh, I don't not, wear leather unless I'm getting paid. Not, <laughs> Yowza! My headphones fell off. Yeah, and fifty percent up front in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. And 50% yep. at the day of the event, or night, <laughs> and, or and, whatever. And, and folding money, too, baby. Not the kind that clinks when you put it That's in exactly right. <laughs> Need a clip for that. Mm-hmm. So now, with, with this happening, I'm fine with the delay. I did get to play this at New York Comic Con for Square Enix's private little press event for it. And it hold it. I, wa- I was going to say it holds up. It's a game that hasn't even come out yet. Well, of course it's going to hold up. But mm. it's one of those games where, gameplay-wise, it's very fluid. It's very responsive. It's a fun beat-em-up kind of game. Oh, each, sure. Each character has their own abilities. And I will continue to say this. Playing as Thor was one of the coolest things I've gotten to experience in a video game. Eddie, let me paint the picture for you. You're standing there, and you see a bad guy right in front of you, right? And then behind him are two other bad guys, okay? That's three bad guys. You end up taking your hammer, your meow meow. You throw it with the R trigger. You throw it, hit the guy, and wait a minute. Why isn't my hammer coming back? You have to push the R trigger to trigger it to bring it back to you, okay? Yeah, okay. In the meantime, while that hammer is gone and there's nothing, there, you know, there are enemies spawning towards you, coming towards you, you press that button, the hammer comes back to you, right? Okay. 
the hammer, while it's coming back towards you, also hits those new enemies that just showed up, and you hit, beat the shit out of them. Excellent. It is so much fun, mm-hmm. and... Language. <laughs> that is true. But I had so much fun, and <laughs> I'm excited to see what they can do with this. You end up having Kamal Khan, Ms. Marvel. She's in there, and I feel... I enjoyed playing as her, but I it, every time I kept doing some of her moves, she's very like a stretchy kind of character. And when you say that, who do you think of? Reed. And what this gets me thinking, though, is if this game does really well, we could end up getting a Fantastic Four video game. You could end up utilizing the power structure, the power moves of the Hulk. Use them for who? The ever-loving blue-eyed thing? Yeah. You can do something. Figure something out for Sue Storm. Again, borrow the Ms. Marvel gameplay mechanics for Reed. And then Johnny Storm. You can utilize the Iron Man flight. You can end up doing you know different uh, flame moves and stuff. Do, you, know, you probably could render move. something for for Sue, even if you couldn't, you know, see it. I, Don't. I, I would say go with you know like little invisible like bomb blasts or like you know the shield or something. But utilize part of maybe Black Widow's move set, the way she is in that game as well. You can you can probably yeah. come up with some kind of force bubble and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if they need a model for invisible, they could just use uh, Natalie Portman's performances in the first two Thor movies. Don't. <laughs> wow. See, I was going to go with my girlfriends from when I was in middle school because they didn't exist. They didn't exist. Well, no. Okay. With the, with Kamala Khan, did she have stretch ability in yes. her? In her the embig- okay. The embiggen power. Is that what it? Okay. Mm-hmm. I know next to nothing about said she's a Marvel. Fun, she's a fun character, and mm-hmm. it's getting me excited because with this character, being able to play as her in this game, first off, when I went to the event and they go, by the way, guys, Ms. Marvel's in the game. I didn't watch any of the trailers beforehand. She does show up in like the events that lead to A-Day. A-Day in the game is when they're in California, the Avengers saved a bunch of people, and they honor the Avengers with Avengers Day. Ah. And everything goes to hell. Oops. Basically, a bunch of stuff happens. There's mass chaos. Buildings are destroyed. People are hurt. And they call it, instead of Avengers Day, they call it A-Day. And you see a young girl with a Captain Marvel book bag, and she's got like a lanyard with all the different superheroes on it. She's running, trying to save somebody, and she ends up getting saved herself. And then it turns out the Terrigen Mist happens, I believe. Terrigen Mist comes along, makes her Cap- or makes her Ms. Marvel. And That's all it takes? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's go get some Terrigen Mist. I know. We end up just <laughs> getting radioactive poisoning. <laughs> it did not end well for either of them. No. No. Jeez. Just think, I was, anyway. But I'm excited for this game, and I think if they do, if they do delay this, that's fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. I thought it was. It's not an if. No, I mean, sorry. If if they have to delay it, that's a must. Okay. You know, make it as perfect as humanly possible. And when I went to the the uh, Q and A and the presentation of it, and during the Q and A part, if you listen to our past episode at New York Comic Con, I talk about it. I asked the people, I'm like, are you going to be bringing maybe more street vigilante kind of characters? And, of course, you know who I mentioned. Sweet Christmas. No, Moon Knight Daddy. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But it could possibly work. We could see something like this. I just don't want to hear, I know you said filming for Moon Knight starts in the summer. Right. That we get a weekly update on filming. What, you don't want that? No. I do. That's why you're. That's why you're. That's why you're going to say it. I know. But there's other things happening. Yes. 
like Moon Knight's second day of production and third day of production. <laughs> and on the seventh day, rest it. <laughs> nope, somehow he still was busy. Because <laughs> Moon Knight is Jewish, if you remember correctly, Mark Spector. Yeah, okay, fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Thank you. <laughs> so I think the deal with the uh, pushing back is that the other thing that's going to be coming out this year is that the PS5 schedule to be out on November 20th. So yep. there's a little bit of worry that having a September drop date for a game with a brand new system coming out the month after is going to be bothersome. Personally, I don't see it as being that bad if it's a great game. Uh, if you remember... Right at the end of the shelf life of a couple of PlayStations, they dropped Grand Theft Auto games, and they were amazing. And people kept playing them for months into the new console being out. So I, unless this thing is a, a dud, uh, I, don't, I don't see it being a big issue. I think it'll still come off the shelves. I think people will buy it. And I don't see people being in a huge rush and mass to drop $600 on a play, PlayStation 5, you know, when they still got a huge catalog. Or Are they saying that's games. the price? Have they confirmed that's the uh, retail price of the PS5? No, but, uh, you know, I read the Internet, so if I don't know for sure, I'll just make it up. Dr. Google. I was going to say, though, I haven't heard PS4 bandied about too, too long. I mean... Yeah, 2013. It's, well, it's a it seven. has been since 2013? Yeah, and I was thinking about it the other day. The game consoles, they used to last a very long time in terms of longevity of the individual system. The Atari 2600 was in the mid to late 70s, right? Do you know when that system died finally? In the 90s? I don't know. early 90s. Okay. 1991. Okay. In fairness, wood grain, it lasts a long time. That is true. (laughs) My parents' basement, it's still that. Hell yeah. That's all that paneling. Mm -hmm. And then you have the uh, NES, you have the Super Nintendo, which each lasted about 10 years, 10, 12 years. PlayStation 1 lasted a really long time. PlayStation 2... Lasted, I want to say, from 2000 until 2012 or 13. Like, we, my, my friend TJ and I jokingly talk about this. You know a system is about to die when you don't see a Madden game show up. Because there's <laughs> okay. always a Madden game for every single system. That's funny. Although the Nintendo Wii, which came out in 20, or 2006, they're getting a Just Dance game for that system. Or it just came out for it. Just Dance. That was the first Lady Gaga song. Yeah. And that's where, the, that's where the game name came from. Well, but going with the topic of games, what Jeremy just mentioned of the whole lifespan of the system, you know, how it's going to be coming out towards the end, could it be a problem? I do think in a small way it could affect sales. But if you look, you know, Jeremy had mentioned Grand Theft Auto as well. Grand Theft Auto V came out right at the very end of the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360's lifestyle, or life, lifespan, there we go, lifespan, but... They ended up re-releasing the game for the PS4 with new added bells and whistles, a little bit more, you know, polished or whatever. Mm-hmm. Could you see Avengers coming out for the PS5 and the Xbox whatever? Oh, absolutely. Drop a few new characters in it, you know, add some extra levels, you know, streamline the online play. And it is going to be online. They're yeah. going to have that, which... I'm curious to see how that'll actually pull off because I can't, I could not see a game like this do online. Right. Yeah. This feels like couch co-op, but you know, I'm 40 years old, so everything feels like couch co-op. Hell yeah. <laughs> but the idea of, I, I think what it's going to be is it's going to be the DLC added on. Yeah, and like you said, you know, a little extra stuff, like you know, maybe a different couple extra new characters exclusive for the system. But 
if they do this, personally, I want to see them bring it over to the Nintendo Switch. I think the Switch would be a really fun system to play this kind of game on, and I don't know why they're doing that when there is an audience for that. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 did really well, and people are playing the hell out of that, myself included. So Yeah, I don't think they'll ever be. I mean, Spider-Man was huge. You know, if you make it good, there's an audience out there for it, and people will eat up Marvel games, you know, left and right. An opportunity, you know, I listened to the press conference on a previous Marvelous show, and just the kind of um, unique you know, character attributes that each one of them had. Uh, it just sounds like it's something that's really cool. So I, I think it's going to be successful no matter what. Take your time, put it out, and make it good, and uh, nobody will even remember that it was delayed. Mm-hmm. And we say the same thing about Spider-Verse. You know, the movie got announced, the sequel got announced a few months ago, but it's not coming out until I think, isn't it 2022 or 2023? Right. And it's going to be a while. Yeah. But, like, they announced it so early, and people are like, why are you doing that? I'm like, let them make this movie as good as humanly possible. Yeah. Like, when you look at the it's movie... Just, oh, Go ahead. I, it's just like everything else. Uh, nobody remembers that the team was arguing during the season if they win the Super Bowl at the end of the year. If, if uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is just blow-your-mind fantastic, nobody's going to remember that somebody got fired for a tweet or, you know, that... Batista was going to walk off or anything like that. They're just going to remember that it was a kick-ass movie that really continues a, a kick-ass series. If this game is awesome, you know, a six-month delay isn't going to mean anything to the people. They'll, they'll plunk down their 50 bucks, and it'll be a hit. Yeah, and I think overall it's going to be, for, again, from my experience, I enjoy games like What the Avengers Are. It's fun, just pick up and play, easy. Not easy, but, you know easy to control and just have a good time and I, I was that fanboy sitting in there I had the biggest dorkiest smile on my face playing and I'm like holy shit this is fun and you don't get that very often with certain kinds of games like I again there were moments my jaw dropped and I imagine the actual professionals that were there like you know representing different game companies or websites are just like what a dork <laughs> but they're gauging you as oh I think we got this right I think so to be honest. And again, when I was seeing the different Hulk levels, the Hulk stuff was so cool. And of course, is it going to be better than Spider-Man? No. Nothing can top that game. That game was really, really fun and really just immersive. And it's still a game that I still have not fully finished. I haven't finished all the downloadable content, but I finished the main story. I finished one or two of the you know, downloadable things. But I'm still coming back to it again and again and just finding something new, enjoying something new of it, you know? And you know what? At the end of the day, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun swinging around a, a great rendered version of New York City as Spider-Man. I don't care how old you were when you came into the character. If you hadn't thought about doing that, you know, that first time in that same Remy movie with McGuire where he jumps off the edge and, and swings through the skyline... I don't care how old you were. That was fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a character that's, you know, indelibly intertwined with the fabric of America. I do think that the Avengers has the potential, even if it's not as good, to be just as big of a hit. I think that there's probably a little bit of uh, almost a, uh, like a, you're ready for your third helping at the buffet. You're not, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're not full, but you're not, you're still hungry. 
And I think, you know, with how huge uh, Infinity War and Endgame were, I think maybe there's a little bit of a void. Like, this year almost feels like a little bit of a letdown, and that's not to take away from how potentially great, you know, New Mutants or Black Widow or anything else that comes out this year could be, but it does feel like there's a little bit of a letdown because there's not an Avengers movie out, you know? And maybe this game fills that niche Mm. a little bit for somebody, you know, for a lot of people. Um, So I think it's potentially could be huge. You know what? That uh, just made me think, though, that in the three phases that we've been through with movies and the ones that were in between Avengers movies, I don't know if there was... Phase two was kind of weak, uh, to be honest. Uh, no, I mean, I mean the void, the, the the emptiness in between. It might have been there for a little bit, but you were looking forward to what was coming out next, we'll, I believe. We'll remember the void in between Iron Man or Incredible Hulk and Iron Man Two. How long that was? Mm, yeah. And then you also have, I would say, phase two. Again, I said it earlier. It's the weakest of the phases, for the most part. There are some really solid stars in there, like Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, Ant-Man. But it feels like a lot of very much eh kind of movies. But when you get to Phase 3, that's where it really all cylinders running and it's just going. Mm-hmm. It's just going. To your point on that, though, I think Phase 2 had a lot of movies that are forgettable. But if you look at their box office, it's when they really started, you know, uh, there's a clear line of demarcation between the first Avengers and then everything else that followed it up. You know, the, the phase one, you know, the beginning movies, even uh, the second Iron Man, those weren't like billion dollar box office movies. They were, uh, you, you got your core audience and they went and came out and saw it. And it, it was healthy enough to, to keep justifying putting them out there. But Avengers really kind of kicked it off and it was a, you know, a billion and a half dollar hit. And that's when everybody kind of started, you know, that third Iron Man that followed up that, that was almost like, felt like an Avengers you know, 1.5. And that was a billion-dollar grossing movie when the other ones had barely, you know, cracked half a billion. So I think, you know, that's that's when people outside of us started watching this stuff. I think one of the first, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that I think the first, one of the first things I noticed with the way these movies were coming out, the first Iron Man and then the uh, Incredible Hulk movie, was the short period of time between those two. And I said, whoa, wait a minute, you know, this is a big deal. How come it's coming out so quickly? What's what's happening here? It's something that I don't think had happened in this style type of movie, you know, before. Right. But it, Iron Man uh, was was a great, you know, made a lot of money for what they thought it was going to do. But Hulk and the first Thor and uh, the first Avenger, uh, Captain America, those weren't monster hits. Mm-hmm. You know, they grossed under five hundred million dollars. You know, and I think probably under four hundred million each. Uh, and I know Hulk was like the least grossing movie they've had so far. So, mm. you know, I, they were good, and I think they set the template. But Phase 2 was really when people outside of people who talk like us, you know, started noticing. And it became something that, you know, was an appointment to, to go see as opposed to, you know, just kind of something that, you know, fanboys and fangirls mm. enjoyed watching. And I'm glad. I'm glad for it. it you know, oh, yeah. Nothing makes me happier than having the stuff that I loved as a kid be some of the most popular things in the world now. Yep. And the thing about Avengers, by the way, the first Avengers movie, that was an event. That really was, like, it's one of those, I remember going to see it. I remember everyone talking about everything happening leading up to it. Marvel was doing their uh, Avengers versus X-Men storyline by pretty much everyone under the sun at Marvel. And it was just something really, really cool and really special that 
I wasn't really replicated until Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, I kind of go along with that too, and I do remember it as well. Memorial Day weekend, twenty twelve. I, I do love the story. First time of my cosplaying at a movie theater, Captain America, and a great response to that. Yes, it was. Yeah, twenty five thirty think, cell phone pictures later. Mm-hmm. I think the other one that kind of transcended or transcended a little bit, especially for a lot of other people, was Black Panther. Uh, I think that got kind of set up, uh, you know, coming into uh, Endgame. And kind of was a, like a you know a, an appetizer for it, but it was a culturally significant movie. Uh, it made well over a billion dollars, and I think that a different audience got an opportunity to, to you know come and immerse themselves in that universe. And I don't think that Infinity War and Endgame are as successful if Black Panther isn't. I think Black Panther brought in an audience that allowed to have that many people come in. And have a almost three billion dollar grossing movie and, and a two movie set that grossed almost you know five billion dollars is because it was you know and I think that the first Avengers set the the universe out to a group that isn't us. I think that Black Panther introduced that universe to an audience that wouldn't have normally came, and I think ultimately that led to just the huge numbers, in addition to the culmination of, you know, 22 movies. But it brought in, it you know, kind of brought people along. And I think each one of those movies in its own way added to the audience, even if its box office didn't reflect in it. I, I agree. Yeah, I think it was well executed and played up the way it should have been. Um, you, you could have been a lesser attended and grossing, you know, the Infinity War and Endgame stuff without without Black Panther. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things going on right now, while we're talking about the different phases, Phase 4 is on the horizon, and that means that one of the movies is going to be coming out in the very near future, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but oh no, something happened due to creative differences. The director of the movie, Scott Derrickson, has left the project. Mm -mm. And Scott was the first director of the original Doctor Strange movie. No, not the one from 1978, that awful, awful movie. But... The one with everyone's favorite confusing name, Benadryl... Pumpkin Patch. Good enough. And Cucumber Patch, I'm sorry. Yeah, pumpkin Patch works, too. Benedict pumpkin I'm just patch. playing along here. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. But with... Not me. Speak for yourself. How dare you? With this happening, a lot of people are wondering, what does this mean for the movie? Especially because the movie is supposed to start shooting really, really soon. And... If that's the case, what does this mean? And people are speculating who can come in to fill the role. Because this is not the first time a movie has lost a director so soon to production. You look back at Ant-Man. Ant-Man was originally supposed to be a part of Phase 1 and directed by Edgar Wright. That didn't happen. Edgar Wright's script was retained, and we ended up getting a different director. Nice. So, well, it turned out nice enough. It absolutely did, but then you know, a lot of people wonder what could have been with an Edgar Wright Ant-Man. And we kind of got that with the script. It stayed true to the tone, most of it. And, yeah. Nailed it! But with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I'm curious to see what's going to happen now because we're so close to this movie coming. Or not coming out, but going into production. Will it lead to a delay? We don't know. I think one of the things that uh, one of the greatest podcasters in the history of the world 
Conrad Thompson says, is snake bit. And it felt like this director and this movie and the way that Kevin Feige has a vision for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of snake bit from the start. And it's good to see uh, Scott Derrickson uh, is going to stay on, you know, and keep the, they're going to use his script. And from everything that Feige's saying, it looks like they're going to stay with the production date of uh, May 2020. So that's good. Uh, I think it certainly opens the door. But if you looked at even way back to last year where they were talking, you know, they gave the big speech about what they envisioned, you know, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness to be. And Derrickson was just like, you know, this is going to be the first, you know, scary horror film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And all the fans started cheering, and this one guy shouts out from the crowd. He's like, rated R! And almost immediately, uh, Kevin Feige goes, uh, no, 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 it's going to be... PG-13, and you're going to love it. And you could tell even just from that, you know, press conference that Feige and and Scott Derrickson had a different vision of what this was going to be. And, you know, I think that ultimately led to what they called a a separation for creative reasons. Even uh, on December 15th, Derrickson himself tweeted, you know, studio release dates are the enemy of art. So it just seemed like they were rowing a, a boat, but maybe in different directions, uh, but I'm glad to see that ultimately they're still going to be able to collaborate. Going back to what we talked about with the first movie, you know, if this is going to be a somewhat, you know, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe with some horror tones in it, maybe there's a way to connect this to Spider-Man and you bring uh, Sam Raimi on to direct this thing. I'd be absolutely hmm. fine with that. And the yeah. man the man is... I'm wondering if maybe that's why he's doing appearances at conventions now. Because it's his little way of, hey, I'm still around. I kind of want to do stuff, make him more visible in the public sure. eye. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of it, there are people that are saying the one that should direct the movie is Jordan Peele. And Jordan Peele is a phenomenal director. If you ever have the opportunity to see Get Out, watch it. If you have the opportunity to see the movie Us, watch it. But those are completely different kinds of horror movies. Mm-hmm. They're more Hitchcockian. What a lot of people are going to be expecting with this is a over-the-top... A lot of people are expecting like over-the-top blood and guts kind of thing, and you know that's not going to be it. But it's going to be more of the fantastical, gigantic, scary, spoopy-looking creatures. Jordan Peele doesn't do movies like that. He does very psychological kind of movies, and I don't think this would be one of those. It's. I agree with you, and I think maybe if... You do want to have a relationship with him because he is such a great director, especially of modern horror. Maybe there's a um, third installment where they introduce Dr. Voodoo, and he directs that one because I think it would really speak to a lot of some of the undertones that are in um, Jordan Peele movies. You know, they are horror, but they have a lot of kind of, um, you know, cultural undertones and senses of, uh, you know, correcting inequities from the past. So maybe a, a Dr. Voodoo and Dr. Strange 3 directed by Jordan Peele would be amazing. The funniest thing is a friend and I were having a conversation today about obscure characters that we would like to see in the Marvel Universe, and I made the comment, I want to see a Man-Thing movie one day, because why not? He's been hinted towards it over the years, but you just mentioned Brother Voodoo. John Q. Public doesn't know Brother Voodoo, and I think that would be perfect to see on the big screen make this character into a big deal because, no, again, not many people care about Brother Voodoo. Nobody knew. I was going to say the same thing for, for Morbius because the only places you saw Morbius was an adversary of Spider-Man and in F- Adventure into Fear, 
I think those Spider-Man cartoon in the nineties. Okay. And I right. and I think I'm oh, sorry. No, no, I'm good. Oh, um, and I think that there's a connection too there because I believe that Brother Voodoo's actual brother was the guardian of the um, New York uh, sanct- or, uh, sanctum when uh, in the first Doctor Strange movie he gets killed. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Again, I think I kind of remember as a minor on a minor character thing too. But Brother Voodoo, yeah. if I recall, has been around since I'm going to say like the mid '70s or so. Yeah. Being in what Strange Tales or, or something like that was the uh, the title that featured Doctor Strange in it, that featured Adam Warlock in it, and uh, I forget where else that that went. But but uh, def- and I remember him being. I think the first time I ever heard or saw Brother Voodoo was in an issue of Marvel Team Up in the '70s or '80s. Yeah. If you got just a quick question from a fan of both the shows and the MCU, uh, if you guys had to kind of conjecture, uh, what obviously you know uh, the Scarlet Witch is going to be in this movie and in a prominent role. Who do you think the uh, the villains will be in this in a, in a multiverse of madness movie? Mephisto. Hmm, that's a good one. That's it's pretty hard to beat that one. I think. Jeez. Or uh, I think Blackheart. Blackheart. Blackheart's more of, you know, he's more associated with Daredevil, but... And I thought Ghost Rider also. Did Danny catch Ghost Rider, at least in the comic books? Funniest thing is my introduction to Blackheart was Marvel vs. Capcom 2, where they had him as a character in that. Mm -hmm. And I've always... Like, he's got one of the coolest looking, like, you know, appearances in the movie, or in the video games and the comics. Yeah. And it's going to have to be somebody super badass, because this version of... Wanda is supposed to be this, like, you know, uh, chaos, magic, full-powered Wanda, so it's going to have to be uh, somebody badass. I was thinking maybe they might have a uh, uh, badass female. Uh, we talked about Enchantress before. Maybe somebody like Morgan Le Fay uh, might pop up and just kind of be a, a, a juxtaposition to uh, mm. the Scarlet Witch. But, yeah, I, I think both of those are great ideas. The ones that you said, not the ones that I say. It should be assumed that I think that my ideas are great. <laughs> Let's well, put the disclaimer in there now. <laughs> in in regards to, uh, never mind, the joke doesn't work because it's not a savage dragon. Oh, would you say would you say that at the end of the day, this is truly madly deeply? What, oh, for crying out loud, savage garden in yes. there. Okay, I was going to say, what would you say, Dave Matthews? But okay, the space oh. between. That was the gap that's Well, I know John will appreciate this with all the Dave Matthews Band references we're making. He's a fan? He's absolutely a fan. Okay. And when he ends up hearing that we're talking about his love of Dave Matthews, he will crash. Oh, oh. no. Into me? Wow. <laughs> Quick note from the editor. I have been waiting for this moment for almost a year and a half. This is great. I got to look up three Dave Matthews songs on the clock. That is all. Yeah, okay. Every day. Every like day. Hero, huh? You know, these jokes are the reason you're 30 seconds from March. <laughs> it is true. It is very true. Mm, okay. John, at this point, I'd love to have you do a quick little uh, aside and just go, yes, I'm absolutely a Dave Matthews fan, and I've and just talk about how much you've seen them. Ha, I recorded the other thing before seeing this, but I will not miss this opportunity. I've seen them eight times, hopefully this summer at Saratoga for the long weekend. Dave Matthews, great. Go see him. Woo, Dave and Tim's cool, too. Or or a song montage. I do that all the time here at the radio station. <laughs> now, 
Before we wrap this episode up, first off, we want to say big thank you to Jeremy for being on the program today. Big. Hey, I appreciate it, guys, but not as much as you do. That is true. Wow. <laughs> I had to think about that. <laughs> and stop. Jeremy, how can people get a hold of you on them, our social medias? Uh, the only thing I'm on is Twitter, uh, Jeremy J. Bagley, and I'm usually interacting with uh, fellow Cult of Cornet members uh, on the wonderful Arcadian Vanguard podcast hosted by Jim Cornette and uh, the great Brian Lance. Very cool. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm going to say my name is Jeremy Bagley. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. All righty, it is time for Obsessed with Marvel. Woo. It's the first and only time I'll let him introduce the end of the show segment. Question I number. Like how you did that in a uh, what echo um, chamber? The count. The count. Uh, one. 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 Ah ah ah. a who? Oh wait, no, I'm doing the uh, owl from the uh, Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll commercial, yeah. <sighs> Mr. Owl, number six hundred fifty-four says, "Who does Petey?" In quotes. The Adventures of Peter Parker as a Young Boy. Who draws Petey? The Adventures of Peter Parker as a Young Boy. Is it John Romita Sr.? Is it Fred Hembeck? June Brigman? Or Ron Friends? Who draws Petey? The Adventures of Peter Parker as a Young Boy. I don't even know where I would find this. John Romita Sr., Fred Hembeck, June Brigman, or Ron Friends? I'm going with Hembeck. You're going with Hembeck, okay. Jeremy, any thought? Um, I've always been partial to Friends, but now that it's on Netflix no more, get it. I'll go with Peter's. You're going to go with Peter's guess? I'm, yep. elim- I'm taking out Ron Friends because I would have thought that in, and we have spoken to Ron in a, a previous interview. I don't think he ever mentioned. Check the archives, people. Yeah, I don't think we ever, he ever came up with that. So, and where would I find, just tell me where I would find this though first. PD, you mentioned Peter Parker's young boy. In what comic title or where have we seen this? Presumably a Spider-Man one. Some help. I'm I'm assuming it's uh, Hembeck though because this sounds like a you know a kid friendly kind of title. It's like goofy kind of you know. Illust- well, actually, no. I'm taking off of uh, Hembeck. I'm not going with Romita. I'm not going with Friends. I'm not going with Hembeck. You're going with June Brigman? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna have to follow and see what C says. It is not. <gasps> if it's Hembeck, I'm gonna scream. It's Hembeck. Your Peter sense. Didn't fail you, but your mouth did. So, can't Uh, shut. Torpedo tingle. (laughs) All right, so we're off to a bad start. Forward. Come back. I just Googled it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And he was worried about getting things wrong. That was Jeremy, that is. All right. Uh, 1332, that's the year we're following up into now. And it's who was put on trial. In the Uncanny X-Men number 200 from 1985. Jim Neidhart was put on trial? Jeremy got that reference, hopefully. I did. Thank Is you. this the one where the glove doesn't fit? Wow. It's... <laughs> Wait a minute. It's Magneto. If it's, not, if it's not the right answer, we can take another stab at it. We're going to have to stab it. Hello, Twitter world. <laughs> so, uh, can I even get the choices out, please? Who was put on trial in the Uncanny X-Men number 200? Professor Charles Xavier? Nope. Magneto? Yep. The yep. X-Men? Nope. Or Mystique? Nope. I, my magnetic personality is telling me that it might be 
Magneto. Might be. He sounded definite. That is, Peter sounded definite. I wasn't sure about Mystique myself. I just, I just read this a few months ago. It was. Then it better be Magneto, so let's go B. Here we are. Go Thank B goodness. Go B or go home. Go B or go home. That's right. Now we wait for the next one to dial up. And Call me Jared Leto. I got my redemption. We. Uh, <laughs> that was a Daredevil subtitle, wasn't it? Probably. Probably. 793. As we dial it down. Arm bar. Because we got a... Okay. 793 reads, Who is Dr. Faustus? Is it A, an evil sorcerer? B, a criminal inventor? C, a Nazi agent in World War II? Or D, criminal and psychologist? Who is Dr. Faustus? An evil Mr. sorcerer? Faustus's child. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. An evil sorcerer? A criminal inventor, a Nazi agent in World War II, or criminal and psychologist? I think I know what I'm going with. You go with whatever you want to go with. I'm going with D, criminal and psychologist. Because I remember him wearing a monocle, and I think he was red-haired, beard and mustache, uh, white jacket similar to Kingpin, dress pants, and I thought, yes, he was some kind of legitimate, quote-unquote, doctor. In he had a mustache? I think in Spider-Man, this this comes under Avengers actually, but I thought he was he appeared in some other titles also. Don't bamboozle me, Eddie. All right, any idea here, Jeremy? Uh, well, he's a frequent character in um, Captain America. Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, what were the choices again? Evil sorcerer, criminal inventor, Nazi agent in World War II, criminal and psychologist. You know, I think I'm going to go with you on this one. All right. What did you say, Peter? Bamboozle. I that, that's I not an answer. You. I went with you. B for bamboozle. All right. D, let's do this. Yes. That wasn't redemption. That was just being right. That's three questions. Do we want to push on? Yes. Okay. Rounding it up to 1,700 even. Whoops. Went too far, Eduardo. I just Googled Dr. Faustus. He's got a little bit of a Dr. Phil look to him. I don't... Yeah, like you you're gonna you gotta catch him outside. Have you seen that photo of his uh, house? Some of like the stuff that's in there. Like, there's a whole room full of like gigantic guns. It's hilarious. Oh boy. Yeah. Like he and Wiley Coyote bought from Acme. Yes. <laughs> he has the cannon. Question seventeen hundred, I think, for the some of the marbles. Who was Lincoln Brickford? B r i c k f o r d. Who was Lincoln Brickford? A millionaire who dated Millie the model, the missing link, one of Patsy Walker's pals, or the secret leader of the Sons of the Serpent in The Defenders. Who was Lincoln Brickford? Millionaire who dated Millie the model, the missing link, one of Patsy Walker's pals, the secret leader of the Sons of the Serpent in The Defenders. The name is, I don't know, vaguely familiar. Yeah, I know this one. You you what? I actually know this one. Oh, without looking, without googling it. Without googling it, okay. I was honest with you when I did Google it, and yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not doing that now. Okay. I'm on some more interesting sites, but let's carry on this conversation. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, have our guesses, then you can squash us with your correct answer, I guess. Uh, Peter, honestly, I'm going with whatever Jeremy says because. <laughs> I'm probably going to hit that that choice regardless. But Lincoln Brickford, Lincoln Brickford. Uh, if the name is sounding vaguely familiar, then I know nothing about Lily the model, so it's got to take that out of the. Uh, I don't know, secret leader. I was going to possibly guess that. But what do you say, Jeremy? 
Um, he is the, and I actually know this because I was catching up on some books on the uh, Marvel Unlimited, and I was wanted to make the story longer. Um, <laughs> basically, the Chinese version of the Incredible Hulk. So he is the missing link. He gains his powers from uh, a Chinese nuclear explosion. Okay, you know what? It's coming back to me. I think I remember on a cover of Marvel superheroes in a reprint of whatever Incredible Hulk issue it was. The two of them are falling. I think in love and yeah, falling down from a building or something. He is pink skinned and all white eyed. I miss- think so. The missing link. Um, I mean, that could be any of us. Well, I don't mean like like ones that had no faces. What I think they were called the rubber men that the Hulk kept right. fighting and. Even in the animated uh, Hulk series cartoon, um, so the missing link. Okay, then yeah, let's go. B. I, I'm sold on that one. Yes. Okay, three for four, and I think we got to kill it there. That's very cool. Way cool. Junior, thanks, Rat.